0: Welcome to Keeping Up with Data. Keeping Up with Data is the podcast that keeps data enthusiasts up to speed with what is happening in the data world. We bring in the leading minds from the data industry to talk all things career, news, embarrassing stories, failures and successes. So something really important for us here at Precision Sourcing is mental health. It's something we've been focused on a lot over the last year or so. And we're lucky enough
1: to have partnered with the Black Dog Institute. And we're going to be doing a lot of events with them this year. A lot of our events, money will be going towards them. And they're out there aiming to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. So if you wish to support the cause, please donate via the link in the bio on this podcast. And you'll be seeing a lot more information about Black Dog over the next year.
2: Welcome to Keeping Up With Data, I'm Emily Nota.
0: I'm James Ross. And I'm Lisa Garbutt.
2: Lisa, it's so good to have you on today. Thank you. We could start with you and a bit of background of your career and obviously who you are generally as well.
1: Yes, Uh, well, so um, I work for a a bank, so in the financial sector. And um, I started my career in financial services actually, but then evolved into pharmaceuticals and other industries, including construction. Um, So I've I've had a very, very a broad industry experience, I think, in, in terms of that. But my my initial um, role when I first set out to decide what I wanted to be when I grow up um, was in compliance. So I, I, I decided I really liked that area and I enjoyed risk. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I set out, um, and I won't reveal my age, but it was back okay. in the day when into office envelopes and carrier pigeons. So there wasn't much way of Officially having terms like data governance and, and, and even data as being a focal point for, the, for a risk factor for the industries. But um, certainly I think as, as time went on and I started working with uh, more and more in risk and in quality and in, uh, became an auditor. Mm-hmm. as well so um, and then the importance of data even underpinning general risk in an organisation became really really critical mm-hmm. so, um, so yeah so I think I sort of evolved into data in a way it wasn't really something that I'd set out to do um, but yeah it fits really well around the governance model
2: going to say that's like the best pathway because like james you obviously work data governance roles i don't so much but you you're like an expert and that's probably one of the pathways you'd look for right an ideal yeah
0: because there's obviously a lot of crossover i'm sure you experience it's like the attention to detail it's that very big people factor and you have to be switched on and you can't just take no finance and you have to be always thinking outside the box itself and working to regulations or to certain standards Um, yeah yeah
2: Yeah. awesome and i suppose like that tails on to my question is like what was the most pivotal moment for you in your career to date do you think
1: well it's interesting i think i think like i say i feel like i evolved but i've always always loved data Mm -hmm. and even from a young child and and I don't want to give away all my anal attentiveness, but I'm one of those people that, that knows, you know, 10 years of driving to the same workplace and know every lane change, every pivotal moment to get to the to the end point at the quickest possible time. So, uh, so I think I, I always sort of used data in that way. And when I was 16, again, I think one of the things that really sort of was exciting oh, I am really my age now, the introduction of, of scanning, you know, in Bilo, in one of my first jobs. And, um, and you know, we get our scan rates at the end of the, of the day, and it was like, you know, oh, how can I better that? How can I better, well, what, what do I need to do? Oh, get the bags ready at the end, and then you can throw them in there, you know, more, <laughs> more quickly, or get them all lined up first and not have the barcodes looking the right way so that you can get. So it was really, I think, for me, data's, you know, To start with was a way of improving, right? So just baselining yourself and saying, well, how can I do better? How can I do better? So the way you measure through data is is just key for any organisation, or personally, you know. So you benchmark yourself like I do with stupid things like yeah (laughs) scan rates (laughs) so so um yeah so that was that was possibly uh, as I was moving through my career um the need to understand how to measure performance that was the critical piece for me that started to say okay this isn't just about you know about data um you know protecting data and 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 trusting data it's actually about um Using data in a way that 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 actually takes your organization to the next level and really shows that value
2: yeah I hundred percent agree that 's like the pinnacle. What do you think people aren 't doing to like well in order to get to that level at the moment
1: yeah look, I think uh, I, this is just a personal thing and i uh, you know and, and I have worked in risk, of course, mm-hmm. and so I was around in you know in in the in the 80s and 90s when safety was was first sort of realising that we had to be better at it. So, you know, a lot of apprentices were, were, were being killed on, you know, on sites and, and then they said, oh, we better induct them and we better do a green card and we better do training and we better mm. do supervision and we better have all this integrated because we need to have all these registers and record keeping. And, and really when you look at quality systems and safety systems, it's really what we're trying to do with data. Mm. We're trying to keep it safe. You know, we're really trying to give it good quality. Mm -hmm. And the governance programs and overlays are actually identical. So you can actually apply the principles of of managing safety and managing quality in your organisation across the whole data landscape, which is what I try to do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
2: Awesome. And it sounds like, oh, go on, you're going to ask. I was
0: going to say, well, me. it's like safety is like a universal language as well, right? Absolutely, It so yes. makes it very relatable and very common yes. for everyone across the business, especially if there are like, People Absolutely. working on site and people yeah. kind of working straight on direct tools.
1: Yeah, but, and I think that the, the thing that, that I saw in the 80s and early 90s particularly was the cultural shift. And this is what we're needing in data now is the cultural shift. So it's not about having a role in an organisation that says you data governance, therefore everything's on you. Mm. It's about saying to the organisation, everybody's responsible for data mm. and not using stewardship as a role but using it as a set of behaviors that drive mm. that that governance. So, yeah, yeah it's it's a I I, th- I feel it's shifting because of now the data breaches that mm. we're experiencing and people's fear, mm. safety. You know, it, look, people were dying. We better do something. Mm. People now are really getting exposed, and we're lo- losing billions annually. Mm. So, you know, that in itself is 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 I suppose putting the onus back on organisations and particularly at the exec level to really understand the importance of of data and what it means to be trusted and to be safe.
2: Yeah, I was going to ask that, like, cultural shift. You kind of answered that already, but, like, I've noticed, obviously, since the breaches, like you said, but do you think people are starting to generally shift as an organisation or is it still, like, a kind of we need to do more governance and, like, a battle uphill with execs?
1: look i think I think uh it, it, from my personal experience again, I think I'm finding execs are, are more and more invested mm-hmm. I think they' they're really now well aware of what good data means to them, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's decision making at the end of the day, so if they haven't got good data, they're not making good good decisions mm-hmm. so so I think they understand the importance of it i think in my experience, I always hear the word bandwidth, you know, I haven't got the bandwidth or, or resource constraints. And, and that's where you start to, to to sort of really then start to think about how, how do you inject a, a, a data governance culture into people that are always, you know, minimal bandwidth, resource yeah. constraint, you know, time poor. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's that's why I think, like I say, it's more about looking at an integrated approach to the work. So, so you and, and, and everybody is invested, mm. and setting up a community that understand data and understand what it means. Um, I do often get, uh, you know, even having worked in this role with the bank now for a year. Um, we've we've uplifted the maturity in, in such a great way, but I still get the call call to say, "Can you approve this? I, I want to, uh, uh, you know, I want to add a new a new da- uh, data code." It, it's not me, <laughs> you know. So it, again, it's just education around, you know, I'm I'm the one that's going to make sure that the right people make the right decision at the right time. I'm not going to be the one to make the decision. So I think that's you know, again, when you think about. What, what the safety industry and the quality industry had to do to get into that sort of, you know, ownership piece, mm. that's what we have to do in data is to really, you know, not deflect people's um, say in data mm. and where they need to be across it and they need to be aware that, that, that you actually are involved.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, well, like, kind of, I know we've spoken about this before, but to kind of give everyone a bit more context, like, What you've achieved there, especially over the last year, is what a lot of people are actually looking to do in terms of the ownership and the more awareness. What were the key points or, like, the the pivotal moments even in, like, the last 12 months that helped you to actually get people on board and to start actually taking ownership of their data or... Just be more aware because yeah, I think it's a it's big challenge.
1: Yeah, so. it's a very good question. I think so. I do have a system of work. I think I mentioned earlier that that I use, and it's my sort of my my secret source or my <laughs> model. You know, my model, and um, and it has evolved over time, and, and it gets better every every time I have to improve it. Um, but. I think that that is i'm happy to make that available by the way for people to have a look at and use. Um, I call it the um, the data governance system of work, and what it is it 's an integrated approach and it takes a quality framework and it says, okay, for everything you do in data governance, so you have things like data retention, you know data data um, algorithm assurance, uh, metadata management you know and so on we 've got all these things that we have to do in data. Um, issue and change quality Um, for all of those things everybody first of all has to have a a policy they need to know what they're doing and why they're doing it they need to have a set of operating standards or procedures that tells them how to do it and they need to have clear lines of roles and responsibilities Mm. so that's the first thing is that everybody that's working in that hub of the model has to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and how and who's um, how responsibility lies And accountability. And then the second pillar to that then is capability. So training them, you know, providing the the understanding that the needs matrix to understand how to build maturity in that space. So that's the second thing. Then we have um, consultation and engagement when do you need to get people sitting in a room having conversations what are the key decisions that they're trying to make you know what 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 is how does it relate to the hub of the model in all those activities Mm. and then um the tools and enablers now In this case, it's, you know, it can be anything, I mean, you know, back in the day, and I'm I'm sure some of our audience will will still attest to Excel spreadsheets with every form of register you can possibly imagine. You might have a quality register over here, you might have an issue register over here, you might have, you know, all these different, you know, purging register over there and all of these different registers. But I think one of the things that we did do in the bank that's been really helpful was introduce... Uh, an automated solution. So we have, um, and I'm sure they won't mind me. Uh, although there's no backhanders, I promise. Uh, <laughs> but we've, we've gone with elation as a a business glossary and you know full end to end data lineage, um, you know, and and policy center and governance. So we can build workflow around change control with data. Mm-hmm. So that in itself was a real. Um, a real quick uplift. So in this model, you've got your tools and enablers, so that's another piece. And then finally, you have to measure yourself. You have to monitor and measure and measure and measure. And, of course, to start with, your baseline, and then you just incrementally see how that how the uplift is, you know, is, is in the organisation around data and, and everything we do.
0: I can imagine it sounds like it also, you have to rely on having the correct data to begin with as well. Yes. Because... Like when you're talking about doing your scan, like your barcode, right? Yeah. If you weren't having the correct information, yeah, you wouldn't know yeah, how to get better.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think that's the first thing that I ever heard. And I went, ooh. And I, I, I might have been 27 or something. And someone says, rubbish in, rubbish out. You know, and you get that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, I don't like that. But, um, yeah, I went, and we still use it today, you know. And mm. so, yeah, so that's where the quality comes in. And that's where, you, you know, that's why it's so important to have an integrated approach. Because everything, it's like a spider's web. Mm-hmm. You know, like you dangle the web over here, and and over here will move, and so you have to have an integrated view of of how to to manage data in an organization. So, yeah, I think that's been my, you know, personal feeling of success, but um, but it comes with its challenges as well. You know, mm-hmm. and and um, and you know, underpinning all of that is stewardship. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before, stewardship isn't necessarily to to us um, in our particular bank anyway, a role. So we're not going to come and say, "Hey, you be a steward for that that data set or you know or that domain." We're we're likely going to say to you, "You're the subject matter expert on this data, and, and something needs to be done with it." so we'd like you to have a look at it or we'd like you to curate that data because you're you're the subject matter of that oh look you've just you've just done some stewardship behaviors you know <laughs> yes. so it's it's more um you know evolving people into into what what stewardship is rather than saying right, we're gonna, you're going to have to do this now and it's additional to what you're doing and we know you're time poor and, you, you, know, and you, you haven't got the time to be bothered with all of this and it's just another thing you've got to
2: do. Yeah. It's, got, it's got to be integrated. For sure. Mm. Mm. Well, off the back of that and the governance sort of systems that you've talked about, like you've been in a few industries, is it easier to get people on board and on the journey and get buy-in from execs in a banking and highly regulated industry versus other ones you've been in?
1: yeah it 's interesting because i you know i 've had banking and uh, financial services in quite a different aspect and then also um, you know pharmaceuticals and and each of those industries are highly regulated in their own different ways and um, but all of it affects data so that 's sort of like a non and what I found actually even within those industries, so, you know, I've worked across in, in pharmaceutical, I've worked within human resources operations and systems implementations and transformation programs and and um, in facilities management properties, uh, engineering services, and everyone has the same problems with the data and they all have the same issues and it's all the same. And And I think I mentioned before that, you know, the system of work that I refer to is the same across all of them, all of those industries. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, do, you don't... You're either pregnant or you're not. You don't half do governance, <laughs> you know? Like it's, yeah. it's one of those things that you you don't just do it um, better for a highly regulated mm-hmm. than you would for anybody else. You you do it the same, and it's equally as important. So, yeah.
0: it's a very good analogy. I do think what we what we're seeing, because obviously it's a growing space, is that some of the industries that don't have a regulating body or just kind of don't have the same sort of standards they have to adhere to, yes, they don't want any breaches, although there's a mindset that if we just throw money and put a team together, that everything's okay. What would your advice be to people, you know, working in like governance-related roles in the industries where they do have that kind of difficult mindset to deal with from an executive level? How would they best go about trying to change their mind or trying to educate them to essentially make them see that, you know, yeah. how far it is.
1: Yeah. Look, I think, um, all right, I'm going to use another safety analogy, which I, I didn't expect to do today. <laughs> but, but it's, um, so as, you, as you're growing up, your, risk, your ability to assess danger and risk Um, improves with age and the reason that improves with age is because you gather more and more artifacts and understanding and knowledge of understanding the consequence of something could happen and and you know the likelihood it will happen so the likelihood it will happen might be like I'm going to go for a swim and I think uh, oh I'm not going to go for a swim because I might get eaten by a shark but the likelihood of getting eaten by a shark is a lot less when you, the older you get, because you start to build up this artifact, you know, this database of saying, "Oh, well, there's never been a there's never been a, a, a fatality at this beach, but there's been ten at that beach. So I won't swim at that beach, but I'll swim at this beach." It's the same with with data governance and 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 any sort of system that you're trying to implement is that um, over time, um, the education piece is the big is the big thing. So what you want to be sharing with your executives are the bad news stories mm. how many data breaches have there been what have there been the failings in those in those environments that have caused you know what the cause of the of, of those breaches um, you know I, I was looking just at the other day at some of the statistics coming out of uh, out of the government and you know a human human error uh, accounts for a lot of some of our data breaches and so you know it's understanding and educating them that, that this this is why and and then the consequences, so what's the likelihood you build out of giving lots and lots of examples of what's going on, so maybe creating a newsletter, building people's um, information banks and databases on the impacts of data and what it can do to them, and then also the good news stories, so you can say, well what this is the value we're now adding with data so um marketing so marketing your you, you know data as a function and saying. Hey look, you know, now we have this trusted data and you can go and make a really good decision and look we've grown, you know, exponentially in the last 12 months because of that. So it's just any any time you can get to spruce it or educate on it, livelihood consequence, you know, that that's my kind of
0: it's so a
2: full awareness, yeah. full awareness yeah. program.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> not hiding from like the the horror stories or all absolutely
1: not. Yeah, in fact, and it's funny because you know, as with safety, and again, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but you know, there's an instinct we all have to go and read all the morbid things in the newspaper and that's because we need to as a human race protect ourselves from extinction so we learn and educate why people pass away or why they have these tragic accidents so we don't get in the tragic accidents ourselves so in this case how do we prevent the tragic accident of a data breach <laughs> it's by educating ourselves on how how they occur and why they occur and where our vulnerabilities are as an organisation.
0: I really like that because yes, it's like when you watch a horror movie, but like especially as a kid, you hate it, but you still always open your eyes, but you think so, you look <laughs> yes, through. Yes. Yeah,
2: and you like look around. Your I, never I never did that. I never
0: did
1: that. I never opened my eyes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's
2: a good way to put it. Um, well, I suppose across your journey as well. Like you would have had a lot of pivotal people that have coached you or somewhat by ad, added value and to get to where you are today. So is there any particular traits or things they've done for you that you can sort of, I suppose, mention that would be helpful?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think, um, uh, yeah, and this is a per- absolutely a personal journey and I think, you know, I've been really lucky in my career to have lots of wonderful managers Um, I could honestly say that there was only one that I didn't particularly, um, align with, and I I won't go into that, but, um, we'll look on the positive more is that in every one of those positive cases, I always felt supported. I always felt they had my back, that, um, I could take risks with what I was doing and, and be experimental to some extent, um, and so that was really important to me, uh, to, to have, you know, their trust. And I, out of that, I felt valued. Mm-hmm. So, and I co- constantly got feedback. So, you know, and for me, like even now, uh, I, I don't want to mention anybody's names because they'll all be comparing themselves. But my current <laughs> manager, I will say, um, he, he's amazing. And, and the thing I'm feeling right now is that I'm learning and growing, and so, you know, whatever stage in your career you're at, I suppose, and even in governance, I mean, you know, I've had lots and lots of years of experience, but, but I'm still learning and growing in the space. And to have somebody that can, you know, coach and mentor and guide you and say, hey, if you want to just run something by me and, you know, whiteboard it, then let, let's do that. It, that that's that's a perfect manager, and then of course know his know his stuff, and 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 <laughs> yeah. and endorse uh, spruik it to the to the execs. So you know, having that voice uh, of saying, "This is why we need to do this. This is what we're doing, and this is you know," and everyone's like. <laughs> yeah, g- good on you, you know. Yeah, you said
2: earlier that you had, a lot of these managers didn't come from traditional data governance-y backgrounds as yeah, well, which yeah. is cool. So yeah. I suppose what have you seen them come from and how, I suppose, does that translate to a good data governance um, specialist, manager, head of, whatever it might look like?
1: Yeah, I, I, look, I think I, I think the trait that I, so I, I'm very lucky to have, um, you know, good people in, in, in the broader team that are, you know, that they, they understand the importance of of, of keeping data safe and, and, and building trust in data. And so in any sort of situation, it's easier then once they understand that, you know, the value. So I suppose in what, some way it's about building use cases out to the business to say, hey, I don't know if you, if you realise this, but if, if you spend a bit of time curating this data over here, you know, that that actually sits in some reporting over here that you could then say is well-trusted and that will feed into your board report and give you, you know, more comfortable conversations with the board. And so it's those sorts of things, just having those sorts of conversations, planting seeds all, all the way, you know. Um, yeah,
2: because yeah, I feel like that skill set, um, James, you can also add to this, like it's very hard to hire because it is relatively fresh, um you don't really look for the data governance title you look for the things that they do like quality and all that kind of stuff that you mentioned lineage etc um so i suppose like maybe advice would be maybe to someone who's in a greenish role that wants to get into data governance or even on the other side like a hiring manager who's struggling to find data governance consultants that are relatively new and Mm. green but they need some part of the data governance you kind of Policy framework, yeah. kind of what you said, privacy. but um, like how would you go about recruiting with that in mind? That they're quite green.
1: Yeah, look, I think again, you, you, you know, like I think the the biggest the biggest trade I've seen in people that are taking on data governance that have never taken on data governance, but but are actively participating in data governance mm-hmm. is curiosity, mm-hmm. and and I think it's where. They just start, to, like I said, ask questions. It's like, oh, Lisa, somebody come to me and said, you know, they want they want to make this change in this, and I, I just thought I'd run it by you. And great, you mm-hmm. know, like let, let's talk about that. And, and yeah, we'll so I've, we'll go and talk to that person and that p- person. And here's the process that you need to follow. Or the you know, mm-hmm. it's just it's just more about having that curiosity and understanding and just, um, and when I see that. I'm more excited by that mm. than than people that are just you know like checking a box and yeah. you know what I mean like it's it's yeah. it's and it's the conversations you know like mm. so part of that model we talked about consultation and engagement as one of the pieces so you know you have forums where you have these conversations and you can spark those you know those things around around data that that are meaningful to everybody but mm. nobody's willing to take ownership of it well make it a make it a joint you know collaborative decision making process that you all agree on mm. what needs to be done and then then you you know you're all improving it together yeah so it's that community and i think I think that's where the elation tool does help actually because that that builds that community out so you've got areas that you can go and ask questions around data and and then by by natural attrition you curate, curate that data so as you go and you can put morning flags on and all sorts of things so people understand the state of the data so that is useful as well I must admit um yeah having a tool like that I
0: was gonna say it's almost like like splitting the responsibility it's that case of you know like, oh, like, instead of me doing this one big thing, we've got six of us doing this smaller thing, so it seems more achievable. And then, like you said, everyone just starts thinking about it and then naturally it just starts to happen. Yes. And obviously then become a bit more of a habit and yes. people don't have to think about it too much. It's just like, oh, I have to do this. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. I feel like this is a good segue into, like, well, personally I feel sold to work for your team, but, like, <laughs> if someone's out there listening and they're like, God, I want to find this woman. I want to work for her. Like what would you say would be I don't know, your sales pitch to a degree, but like what what are your ethos for leadership and get data governance and your teams?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I look, you know, I um you hear all this different jargon about leadership styles and so forth, and I I think the one that probably resonates is servant leadership. I think you know, I I like the way my boss interacts with me. Therefore, I probably interact the same way with other people. Is that I like to, I like to be hands on when I'm needed, mm-hmm. but completely hands off when people say let me let me go. I'm ready, you know, cut the cord. So I I think, um, and I am the same. Of what I I think I described of my ideal managers is, you know, I have their back. I, you know, they can make, they can take risks, they can you know, they can really be creative about this. It's there's not one cookie cutter, you know, for every for everyone or every organization. Um, you know, um yeah, definitely not. So so I, I would say yes, I'm I'm probably one of those leaders that um you know, gives an inch, takes an inch, gives mm-hmm. a yard, takes a yard,
2: yeah. We have the saying here <laughs> at precision that you to treat everyone the same you have treat everyone differently mm-hmm. it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying yeah well. that's a good like, saying you know? actually yeah that's Cause nice. it's hard to it's like with all those mandates and everything that's going around like it's so hard to mandate like when people are just so different so if you treat everyone differently you yeah. treat them the same you know yeah because everyone's unique. yeah yeah um, well I feel like we're ending more well, nearing the end um, but is there anything else that you wanted to chat about before we let you go no but thank you it's been a great opportunity and um, yeah it's it's been yeah, it's wonderful been good to have, have you. Thank you It's actually been, been a really insightful. good conversation. I really in, like yeah, Yeah, insightful very timely
0: and as well. And just I think there's like a lot of valuable golden nuggets like that. Yeah. Like a lot of things that people can take away from Yeah, this. yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah, no good. Well, thank you. Are you going to ask me the zombie apocalypse?
2: <laughs> okay, the zombie apocalypse question you're itching to answer. Okay. So who would yeah, you bring had, in? I okay, yeah, I had
1: to think about this a real lot. All right. So I'm a family of five and I'm only allowed three. So I didn't want to show, show who my favourite child was. So um, I'm going to leave them with their father. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to bring in three fresh ones. <laughs> so I'm going to bring in Tom Hardy because you need something nice to look at. And and he will help defend me yeah. with, the, with the zombies, clearly. He's um, got that ability. I'd bring Anna Polaview, um because I'd love to, uh, yeah, I'm a foodie by, by nature. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously eat well. And she's very funny. I've done some cooking lessons with her, and she's uh, extremely um, great sense of humour. And then the third is Sting, because I think we all like to have a little bit of good music.
2: This Uh, is a great answer. It's the best one I've seen. Oh, is it? I feel like it's just well written. I had to, I really, Um, I really thought (laughs)
1: that. Well, like I said, I was struggling with the children bit, but anyway.
2: Well, yours is more important. We won't go through ours. (laughs) And that's a wrap. (laughs)